Why would someone send their child to a local public school who has the resources and the opportunity to send the child to private school, to a charter school, to a school in a better neighborhood even that they might move to? Cameron Mason Vickery and her family have made just that choice. Uh, she has started an organization with some friends called Rooted, Rooted, that is rooted locally in the public school. And she's going to tell us on Good God about what are some of the things that would be missed by failing to be there in that local public school. Stay tuned. Welcome to Good God, conversations that matter about faith and public life. I'm your host, George Mason, and I'm delighted to welcome back to the program my special guest, it's special first child, uh, Cameron Mason Vickery. Mm -hmm. Cameron, welcome back. Thank you. We're so glad to have you here on yeah. Good God. Uh, in our first conversation, we talked a lot about your own personal sense of call, mm -hmm. your role of ministry, how you discerned all of that. And in, in this episode, I want to be a little more specific about okay. some of the things that you're passionate about and uh, focus primarily on the work you're doing right now, which is often about public education. Mm -hmm. Now, I remember sitting on our back porch mm -hmm. one day a few years ago when you looked at me and said, Dad, I think I feel a little bit like an Old Testament prophet who is called to speak about public education. Yeah. So how did that sense of passion and call come to you and what does it mean for you? Well, what I said about feeling like an Old Testament prophet, <laughs> that came from a conversation that I had with some friends that didn't go so well. Ah. Um, I remember, and this is when I think I just had two really small kids, so we were not in school yet, mm -hmm. um, and, and they had the same, and they were talking about the lengths that they would go to move to the best neighborhood to put their kids in the best schools, which is what most parents do. Um, right. And they, and I just kind of kept saying, are you sure you have to do that? Right. Can't you just go where you live now? It's fine. Right. It's great. Yes. Um, and you know your kids are going to be fine. And he said to me, well, wouldn't you do anything you can to give your child the best that you can give them. Hmm. And I just remember saying, I think I said, I don't think I would. Right. Um, you know, and, and that, of course, of course, like any parent, I want what's best for my kid. Right. But I didn't think, I kind of knew then that I don't think I'd be willing to go to the links that a lot of parents are willing to go to just for the sake of my kid if it comes at the expense of other people's kids. Because what I've learned along the way is that every single parent, no matter your economic status, your education or whatever, every single parent wants what's best for their kid, but not everybody has access to that. Right. Um, and so I just, I felt like this was kind of a social justice issue that I was becoming passionate about, making right. sure that everybody gets 
access to what's best for their kids. And public education is just, you know, a gift that's been given to us by our founding fathers. Right. Um, Specifically so, for the purpose of creating an educated country, mm -hmm. a democracy right. that would work because everyone would be educated enough to vote responsibly. Right, right. right. And yet, in the past 50 to 60 years, what we've seen is since the desegregation of the public schools, we've seen a voluntary move of people who have adequate resources to do so, to move more and more out of the city core right. and into more homogeneous environments where they uh, are able to be with students who are more like them. And let's be honest, that's mostly white mm -hmm. and upper middle class, upper middle class yeah. and, and more. Yeah. Uh, and, and so uh, what's happened is a, a, a kind of undermining of the tax base in the urban core and in and neighborhoods are no longer as diverse and so the schools are not as diverse and right. they're more challenged and under-resourced. Yeah, yeah, and so, um, and so going back to my sense of call with this, I, when Finley was a baby. Right, um, your oldest daughter. Yeah, I worked part-time at um, an education nonprofit mm -hmm. here in Dallas. Mm -hmm. um, back then it was called the Dallas Faith Communities Coalition. Right. Um, and working on faith communities getting involved in public education advocacy. Um, and I just kind of kept finding myself in those positions yes. of working on faith-based public school advocacy. Right. Um, and then, you know, Pastors for Texas Children is another place that I've mm -hmm. um, served, you know, and gotten to do that. Um, since living in San Antonio, it's not very far from Austin, and right. Charlie Johnson, who runs Pastors for Texas Children, you know, started calling on me to go up to Austin because I was a little closer than he was, maybe. And yeah. um, so I got to, um, you know, do advocacy work. I got to do advocacy work. Yeah. With one of my I favorite really stories got thrown about into that. the deep end. You actually. did. You did. And I, yeah. one of my favorite stories is you bringing all three girls. Uh, so the yeah, one time this was my first time to testify before the um, House Public Education Committee in Austin, and I had a seven-week-old baby, a three-year-old, and a four-year-old, mm -hmm. and um, you know these things can take all day. Right. And so I just didn't know how I was going to do it without bringing especially the baby. Mm -hmm. And I can't just bring the baby. I kind of need help. So Garrett came too, and we just made it a family day. And um, it was a really long day. Yes. It was a really long day. Um, we were there for 11 hours. Yes. And um, finally, it was my turn to testify. And I was wiped out. Of <laughs> <course>. <laughs> and I didn't remember what I was going to say. And my oldest, the Finley, the four-year-old, um, at the last second, just insisted on coming with me. Yes. So she came right up to the microphone with me yes. <laughs> while I said my piece. Uh -huh. And, you know, I don't think I said anything um, very intelligent <laughs> yeah. uh, at that point. Certainly nothing that was going to change their minds. Right. But, um, but it was a meaningful mo moment for me, right. definitely. So. Well, okay, so then let's move to 
the kids are in school and you've had some of these difficult questions mm -hmm. and conversations with friends and people in the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And um, when, when you talk about being a prophet for public schools, prophets were often not popular people. Mm -mm, you yeah. know, they, they, they often said difficult things that were, may have been true, but mm -hmm. were not necessarily well received mm -hmm. in their time. Yeah. And yet over time, they proved to be important. Uh, so what were some of the difficult things that happened as you began to have these conversations with mm -hmm. people who um, were disagreeing with you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really didn't expect to have this happen where I live in San Antonio because um, you know, I've been committed to this idea that no matter where we live, our kids are just going to go to school there right. and it will be fine. Mm -hmm. um, my kids don't necessarily deserve better than other people's kids just because right. I think they're amazing. Yes. Um, so they're going to go to school where we live. Well, when we moved to San Antonio, Finley was two and I had a baby and, um, I wanted Garrett to be really close to home right. when he was at work so that he could come home for lunch. And right. so we moved, you know, a mile away from the church. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what I was looking for. We didn't even look up the schools. Right. And we landed in this neighborhood with the most precious school that you can possibly imagine. Mm -hmm. um, so clearly a no-brainer. And I figured for everybody it'd be a no-brainer. Yes. And the closer we got to school, people would ask me, well, are you going to send your kids to Oak Meadow? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> don't you? And they'd say, oh no, we homeschool, or um, you know, no, we, we, whatever else they do. Right. Um, you know, people have historically always made choices besides public school, but that was the first time that I realized, oh wait, it's not even a bad school that right. you're avoiding. Like yes. you're even avoiding a really good school. Yes. What is going on? Yes. Um, and then around the time that my kids started going to school, um, charter schools really started popping up as kind of the new thing. Right. And we had a whole host of people from our neighborhood school leave. Um, and I just explained that as it's a grass is greener phenomenon, you right. know? Like they just thought, this is the new thing. It's the cutting edge thing. If I'm going to do the very best that I can do for my kid, I owe it to them to try out this new thing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, charters are very good at marketing right. and they know all the buzzwords of how to get parents mm -hmm. um, interested in it. Um, and local public schools are terrible at marketing, let's be honest. Right. And so, and they can't be. They, I mean, they can't be good at it because right. that's certainly not their training. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it, it's not in their budgets, for yes. sure. It's not in their expertise. It's not in their budgets. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, because public schools have to be so transparent, which is a really right. good thing. Um, you know, they know that people aren't going to like to see a huge piece of the budget going somewhere besides the classroom. Yes. Um, and so they're just not able to really respond to some of these marketing trends that other schools right. are catching on to. Um, so me and a couple of my friends decided to do something about that and yes. help the public schools with some marketing. And so we created an organization called Rooted, and it's um, capital E, so yes. Root 
Ed. Root Ed, one word, but with one a capital E. One word with e. a capital E, and I like to pronounce it rooted. People pronounce it in different, in Root okay. Ed or rooted, but I like rooted because the reason we chose the name is it's this sense of being rooted in your neighborhood, yes. planting roots where you live, yes. and seeing what can come from that, um, right. the fruits of that. So um, the idea is, you know, parents will make whatever choices they're going to make. Uh, we really can't change people's minds, we've learned yes. about that. Um, but we want to maybe change their line of thinking when they're thinking about where to send their kids to school. Right. Um, from, you know, maybe public schools as a last resort, which is something that is really a mm -hmm. common mm -hmm. approach. You know, you think, um, well, I, I don't have time to homeschool. I can't afford private school. Um, I'll try to get into a charter school, but the wait lists are probably really long, so then I, I guess I'll go to the neighborhood school. Um, that's just right. a pattern that I've seen over and over again. Um, and we just want to change people's line of thinking and, and turn that trend so that the public school is their first choice. Okay, I think that's really important too. And, and you've told me that you are really working to focus on having these conversations with people who are not yet in school with their children. Right. And they're, 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 they're trying to decide to begin with, because once you've made these choices, then it's really hard to change people's mind yeah. and change their course. But it if is. you can start early mm -hmm. and make them make that first choice, that really makes a difference. Yeah, that's exactly right. People don't want to hear that the choice that they've made for their kids' school is the wrong choice. Right. I mean, who am I to say that anyway? Yes. Um, so, but our public schools are feeling the pinch of yes. all these alternatives. And, yes. you know, charter schools, everybody has a different opinion about charter schools. They're not all bad. Right. Um, in San Antonio, we have kind of a unique problem in Texas, I think, out of the state of Texas, I think in San Antonio, we just have an oversaturation of charter schools popping mm. up right near high-performing public schools. Yeah, high performing. And the whole yeah. idea of charter schools initially was to create alternatives that were public alternatives mm -hmm. for uh, parents who were only able to afford to send their kids to low performing schools. That's right. right. Yeah. And that's it's not really the way it worked out. No, it's sort of turning into the new white flight. Yes. Um, you don't have to go all the way to the suburbs anymore. You right. don't have to move. Right. You can go anywhere. Right. Um, or you can live anywhere and go to a charter school. Yeah. Um, so, you know, yeah, we, we've realized that uh, people make decisions because about schools and really about anything in life because of out of fear or out of self-interest. Um, that's just human nature. Okay, so I want to hold that, that point a little bit because when we come back from the break, I think this helps us move to the question of what does this have to do with faith? So okay. we're, we're talking about your sense of call and that you have a spiritual feeling that public education and helping people make these choices, uh, this, is, this is part of your religious sensibility as well yeah. as just being a parent. Yeah. And I'd like to tie those two things together for people because I really think that um, it's um, it, it's it's often segmented where we have our religious life over here mm -hmm. and then we have our educational life for our kids over here mm -hmm. and the two uh, come together over values I think so let's let's talk about that when we come back okay
Thank you for continuing to tune in to Good God. This program is available, as many of you already know, in various formats. You can take it as a podcast that uh, is delivered to all the places you would go, whether Apple Podcasts or uh, Google Play, uh, and, and you can hear it weekly and you can subscribe to it. A new episode drops every Thursday morning, and so we invite you to do that and subscribe. Uh, you can also find the video format in various places on the Facebook page where we invite you to like Good God. Uh, you can also find it on YouTube and on VocalNow, V-O-K-A-L-N-O-W.com, VocalNow. Uh, so these are various places you can go. I'd also want to tell you that you can go to the website. That's, that's www.goodgodproject.com goodgodproject.com, and there you can find an archive of all of our previous episodes. If you like what you hear on any given week, you might actually uh, like to have a transcript of the conversation, and if you go to the website, goodgodproject.com, you can find a transcript there also, uh, where you can cut and paste and uh, use uh, what's been said in that conversation. Uh, so we'd invite you to find various ways to continue to tune in and to enjoy these conversations. One special thing I want to say is thank you to the friends of this program who have contributed financially to make it possible for us to do this without inviting you to have to give. Uh, we're grateful for the support of friends of this program, and I hope that you will be too. Please tell your friends about Good God and continue to tune in. Thanks for being part of it. We're back with Cameron Vickery, and we've been talking about public education and your passion for it. Uh, you helped to create, a, with some other friends, uh, an organization called Rooted, mm -hmm. and that is about helping people make public schools, their local neighborhood public schools, a first choice mm -hmm. rather than a last chance yeah, uh, for last them. Yeah, last resort. Mm -hmm. A last resort. Uh, and you were saying that one of the things that drives people to make the choice to leave their local school is fear. Absolutely. Right. So there's, as we know, there is a lot to be afraid of right. in, this, in this life, in this world. Yes. Um, and a lot of people, you know, are afraid of what their kids are going to be exposed to in public school maybe. Right. I mean, I really do hear that. Um, yes. Of course, there's school shootings on the rise and people are afraid of that, but you know. They happen everywhere. They happen they, not they, just in they, schools. They really don't happen just yeah. in public schools, too. Right, not just yeah. in public schools. In every right. So, you know, you can explain away a lot of fear mm -hmm. as being irrational or whatever, but we're, we all deal with that. But Rooted decided, um, rather than just trying to tell people not to be afraid, mm -hmm. we're going to tap into that fear factor and turn it into FOMO, fear of missing out. Fear of missing out. So we want to just tell positive stories about what's going on in neighborhood yes. public schools, um, all the cool things that they do and that your kids get from that, and yes. the way that it builds community, and the way that, you know, I mean, public schools are on the cutting edge of everything, um, well, at least where we live. Um, mm -hmm. You know, they're, they have everything. They have STEM curriculum, they have the arts, they have right. um, 
there's just so much that public school offers and that I you know can't in always your, get. In your public school, there's a high values oriented curriculum as well. Yes, and that's really a good point because um, some of the charter schools near us really uh, market to value education. You know, mm -hmm. they really mm -hmm. talk about values and character building and that kind of thing. And right. you know, our school is a um, leader in me school, the Stephen Covey right. Seven Habits. Um, for mm -hmm. um, and so that's built into every part of their curriculum. So you get right. moral education mm. um, and character building and all of that in public school. Um, so the way that we go about doing that, obviously we can't, every, every school, every public school has such a unique culture. We can't expect to tell the stories of every school. Right. So our model is that we have a rooted rep, which is a parent in every school. Mm -hmm. um, we're in five districts in San Antonio mm -hmm. and we have a parent in every school that is um, trained in education policy, um, in um, <coughs> advocacy, right. does some advocacy for the schools, um, and basically understands that they are an ambassador of their school to the community. Right. So they take on the responsibility of taking pictures at school and posting really great stories about what's going on in their um, local school. Um, every school has its unique hashtag that's searchable, so hashtag Rooted Oak Meadow. And the idea is eventually, as it really builds, that parents, when they're looking for schools, they can search those hashtags on social media and see all these things from a parent perspective of what's going on inside the school mm -hmm. and really what it's like to go there right. and what your kid would be doing. Um, and so we just want to highlight, you know, how great it is to be a part of this network of public schools and that right. if you choose something else, um, you're really missing out. So to me, this actually moves us, though, into the question that was raised earlier, and that was the, the, the person who said to you, wouldn't you do anything to give your child the best chance at the best ed for the best education. But nobody ever asks the question, what are your metrics for that? I mean, right. what, what does it mean to, to have the best? Mm -hmm. And does that mean that you're going to be the best in advanced uh, calculus? Mm -hmm. uh, that you're going to have uh, the highest test score uh, on the English comprehension por portion of the SAT? Mm -hmm. Or does it mean something about a larger vision of humanity yeah. that your child is involved in? If, if there is an, uh, an adequate level of performance on the academic right. um, scale. Which is still important. Which is absolutely still important. Yeah. Uh, there's something to be said for the fact, I think, that we live in an increasingly divided country. Right. Divided communities. Mm -hmm. And they're divided rich and poor. They're divided still along the lines of color. Mm -hmm. uh, so we, we, have, we have all these different perspectives that we're missing out on because we're, we're actually living apart from each other. Mm -hmm. in these echo chambers of people who are like me, so that society is becoming more like social media yeah. feeds instead of the other way around, That's right? right? Public school, it seems to me, creates this sense of understanding across yeah. divisions. 
uh, a feeling of empathy yes. where um, there might be a reason why this child can't afford to go to gymnastics, for mm -hmm. instance, mm -hmm. and, and, and your child can. Well, that's a conversation about life yeah. that's really important to have, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the empathy factor is really big. Yeah. Um, you know, public schools, I think, do a really good job of educating every kid that yes. walks in the door, um, no matter their special needs. Yes. Um, our school is a, uh, the regional day school for the deaf. Okay. So my kids get to go to school with kids that um, use sign language. Yes. And they've, they've adapted that and they love that. Right. Um, but they understand, actually a friend of mine, um, her son in fifth grade at our school went on a <coughs> field trip to the Capitol mm -hmm. and um, with some friends in his class that are deaf. And they, one of his friends that is hard of hearing asked the tour guide at the Capitol, um, well, could somebody like me be a legislator? Could I be governor, you know, yes. even though I can't hear and I speak in sign language? Um, and that was a really important moment for my friend's son to right. understand that, you know, this is something that I don't struggle with because mm -hmm. I'm pretty normal, capable, um, mm -hmm. white, right. male, yes. <laughs> you know, but his friend had that question. Lovely. And anyway, so I think that's something that public school gives you is this insight to you know, mm -hmm. the ways that different people um, experience the world. Right. And, you know, even I just, I, I even tell people, you know, our teachers are amazing. Yes. Right. But sometimes you're going to get a teacher that you don't really like. Yes. And your kid doesn't really like. But isn't that true in private schools and in charter schools? Yeah, and maybe. Every, yeah. I mean, I think yeah. it is. You yeah. Know? So this, this learning to adapt mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, when, so when I was, when I was a kid, um, w one of the shifts I've seen is when I was a kid, there was a, an assumption that my parents were on the side of the principal and the teacher pretty much all the time. Right. You know, that if there was, if I was in trouble in school, mm -hmm. uh, the question would be, well, what did you do right. to create this problem? Because clearly the people in authority had, now maybe that was overdone in, in a, an environment where there was always a predisposition to right. authority and those but sorts of things. But if that was overdone in that direction, we've really gone to the other oh, side my of goodness. the spectrum now. So what I was going to say about teachers is that, I mean, people, I feel like parents are hesitant to turn their kids over yes. to another adult. Yes. You know, that they don't really know and they don't have trust right. at all established um, there because it's basically a stranger that sees yes. your child almost more than you do. Ah. Um, and so, I mean, in my experience, I've absolutely adored every single one of our teachers. Right. They've been amazing. But it's possible that you're not going to. That's right. And that's a really good life experience. Yes. You know? Um, but yeah, parents are eager to pull their kid out of mm. a situation that is not perfect. Right. Um, at the first sign of conflict. Um, and then what does that do to the child's understanding? Yeah, yeah of how to handle life mm -hmm. when things go uh, awry, when it do doesn't go according to what's easy for them or what they desire, right? It's, mm -hmm. they, they pull up, they, they move off, they yeah. quit, they, you know, and I, I think th these are life skills yeah. that are really important to learn character-wise. Now, right. y you and I both know that there are great advantages in terms of 
social networking for future jobs that occur right. at private schools yeah. and where mm -hmm. there are you know people who have generational wealth yeah. and influence and that is something that can't be fully replicated at a public school That's true. Mm -hmm. and so we're not trying to say here I think that that public schools have the advantage over every school it's really a question I think of what advantage are you looking for mm -hmm. and I, I think uh, there is something to be said even for the new economy that's emerging, mm -hmm. for cultural intelligence yeah. that you gain in this environment, we are becoming a much more diverse workplace. Yeah. Uh, and the ability to know and understand uh, different ways in which people live and look at the world mm -hmm. um, from the time you're in kindergarten on, mm -hmm. uh, so that that's second nature to you, right. is going to be a tremendous advantage at some point right. beyond just who does my father know yeah. in the legal yeah. profession that can get me ahead or some right. such thing, right? Yeah, exactly. So where do you think Rooted is going next? You are rooted uh, mm -hmm. in San Antonio right now. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Just in San Antonio? Currently, yes, just in San Antonio. Um, like I said, I think San Antonio has kind of a unique situation right now okay. with um, with the rise of so many charter schools. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that anybody could benefit from supporting their neighborhood school um, and promoting their neighborhood school across the state. But to answer your question, right. um, no, I think Rooted is, is pretty planted in San Antonio for the time being. Right. I would really like to study enrollment trends over the next few years All right. um, to see the schools that are very rooted. Yes. You know, are their enrollments growing? Are okay. they, is it a different trend um, mm -hmm. than other schools? Mm -hmm and that kind of thing, so we'll see. Right, so that would seem important mm -hmm. um, to be able to have some statistical basis, yeah. to be able to offer analytics and say, look what's happened in these yeah. schools because of this. But if someone is watching or listening to this conversation and mm -hmm. says, you know, I'm in Dallas or I'm in Houston or I'm in mm -hmm. somewhere else, mm -hmm. uh, Fort Worth, what, what would uh, they need to do to say, I'd like to start rooted in my, in my yeah. neighborhood school? Yeah, um, look us up for sure. Okay. Um, What's the website? Uh, proudly rooted. Proudly rooted. Dot com. Dot com. Uh, yeah, proudly rooted. Dot com. And yes, we have extended the offer that any school around the state can start using hashtags. I really think that's like the first thing that you should do. Okay. Is start doing hashtag rooted the name of your school, um, so that people can start seeing yes. some. Um, presence about your school on social media that's specifically from a parent perspective, just to say these are all the amazing things going on, right. you don't want to miss this. Great. Your kid will thrive here. Great. Yeah. Great. What do you need to help Rooted be more successful than it is today? Um, that's a good question. I because think nobody we, gets paid for this, right? Nobody gets, no, this is all of our side hobby. Yes. Um, I, yeah, I just want to see more community buy-in okay. for the public schools, which is, is not necessarily a benefit for Rooted. That's, that's not the goal. The goal is for the schools. Right. Um, because schools get a really bad rep. 
I right. mean, we're constantly dispelling rumors and myths about public schools. Right. And so I would really like to see people start saying, well, I heard this about that middle school, that it's just really bad and you just mm -hmm. can't send your kid there. Mm -hmm. But I want to find out for myself. Right. So I'm going to stop listening to all these rumors and myths and mm -hmm. go find out what the school is really like and right. what it has to right. offer. So I just I challenge parents to you know, do your own research right. and don't just go on off of hearsay. Well, Cameron, I think a lot of people who think about successful education go back to the family first. And certainly I would want to say that I think your three little girls, my granddaughters, are developing beautifully and that has a lot to do with their mother and their father. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it also is obvious to me that they love their school. Mm -hmm. and that they love their teachers and respect them and that they are learning a great deal because we interact with them all the time about that. And so uh, I think you and your family are a living example of the, the importance of uh, these values and that Rooted is a reflection of what's happening in your own family. So thank yeah. you for the witness and okay. for the good example. Thank you. And thanks for being on Good God. Okay, thanks. Good God is created by Dr. George Mason, produced and directed by Jim White, social media coordination by Cameron Vickery. Good God, Conversations with George Mason is the podcast devoted to bringing you ideas about God and faith and the common good. All material copyright 2020 by Faith Commons.